It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Lisa Brady. One of the biggest crime-related issues to emerge in recent years is police reform, a debate supercharged by the police killing of George Floyd in 2020. Despite bipartisan support for talks on reform, there wasn't enough consensus to get a bill over the finish line amid widespread unrest over Floyd's death and a defund the police movement. We spoke with Minnesota Republican Congressman Pete Stauber, who introduced the House version of the Justice Act, which stands for Just and Unifying Solutions to Invigorate Communities Everywhere, led in the Senate by South Carolina Republican Tim Scott, who's now running for president. We made edits for time and thought you might like to hear the whole thing. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the weekday Fox News Rundown podcast. Now here's Congressman Pete Stauber on the Fox News Rundown Extra. Um, I'm going to dive right in. Is that okay? Absolutely. All right. So I know you spent more than 20 years as a police officer. Why do you think that crime has been growing in recent years? Well, I think there's a number of factors. Uh, having spent 23 years uh, in law enforcement, um, you know, I can tell you the 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 defund the police movement, uh, the disparage of the men and women in the blue and brown is disgusting. And it's having its toll uh, on uh, the American people. And when you have uh, when you have police officers, really good police officers leaving the profession at three, five, seven years, uh, we all know um, that uh, good cops want to stay and serve their communities. But when you don't have the support from your elected officials and you don't have some uh, support from your federal elected officials and and um, uh, it, 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 it hurts uh, the morale and the retention uh, and the recruitment from from our local, uh, you know, for our local law enforcement and the communities they serve. Um, we're seeing that, you know, the, the, the lack of police officers, the number of police officers that certain departments need. Um, you're not seeing proactive policing because they're just reactionary to 911 calls. And uh, uh, the, re- the recruitment uh, for uh, the men and women in the blue and brown across the nation is down significantly. And when you don't have that proactive uh, community policing element uh, in your communities, crime is going to grow. And then the second part of that is you have to have um, you have to have district attorneys that will prosecute these violent offenders. Um, look at in our nation's capital. Um, the, the city council wanted to uh, make carjacking a non-crime as long as the, the, the um, car owner wasn't harmed. That's atrocious. The vast American, the, the, the vast uh, people in America would find that just so offensive. And so did we in Congress. That's why as Republicans, we are going to uh, support the men and women in blue, and we have legislation to, uh, you know, add more cops to our uh, streets. And um, it, it, it's frustrating to see what's happening, um, not only in Minnesota but across the nation. We could do better. And the fact is, this we can. This is a this is a bipartisan issue, and it should be a bipartisan issue. But of course, some of my colleagues, um, Lisa on the other side of the aisle. Uh, are doing everything they can uh, to diminish 
the profession of law enforcement. It has been more than three years since you and Senator Tim Scott introduced the Justice Act in the House and Senate just a few months after the death of George Floyd in your home state in Minneapolis. Democrats pushed a bill named after Floyd that also couldn't win final passage. Where do things, where do things stand in Congress, um, not just in terms of police reform, but fighting crime in general? Well, so we what we need to do is we we have to have all elected officials at every level of government um, uh, uh, making sure that law enforcement is, is we push it as an honorable, uh, noble, respected profession again. Um, we see right now that uh, the the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, for example, that took away qualified immunity. You take away qualified immunity from American law enforcement officers. That profession's done, and we've had experts testify. Uh, uh, Senator Scott and I fought to make sure that qualified immunity was uh, was uh, kept in uh, every piece of legislation, and um, uh, almost every Democrat in the House of Representatives voted to take away qualified immunity from police officers. You know, the, it, it's frustrating. We've had uh, uh, I, I've talked to police officers from around the country. You know, there's only a few of them, Lisa, that uh, there's only a few in Congress, rather, that have worn the police uniform. And I'm I'm one of them. I, I know I know what it's like to put on the uniform and kiss your loved one goodbye. I know what it's like having been on our tactical response team uh, going in on the most highest risks calls for service. I know what it's like. Uh, and it's not fun at times, but it's it's a necessary uh, to to apprehend these violent criminals who are causing so much disruption and pain in our communities. So uh, when we talk about when we talk about uh, you know law enforcement, we need to uh, we need to make sure that 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 profession has the resources uh, and the legislation behind it to to make it successful. And 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 we have to uh, communities have to work with their police and police have to work with their communities. To, to really build that mutual trust back up. And uh, and we're seeing that in some parts of our country right now, uh, but we need to see it across the nation. I mean, you know, you see it, that the crime is rising across the nation. And, and the fact is, just as of June 29th of this, this year, 194 police officers shot in the line of duty in the United States, 194. In my opinion, one is too much. We've had 25 officers killed by gunfire and 57 ambush-style attacks on law enforcement officers. That's just, that is so wrong. And, and we have to, Lisa, we have to, in our country, we as citizens also have a responsibility to adhere to a lawful order from a, from a law enforcement officer. I have said this, and I'll say it to your listeners, uh, as, as a law enforcement officer, when I place somebody under arrest and I said, you, you're under arrest, please turn around, put your uh, hands behind your back, palms out, don't resist, you understand? And they say, yes, sir. I put my handcuffs on them, double lock them, escort them into right, my right rear uh, seat of my vehicle, and then allow the justice system to take place. At that moment, nobody got hurt. I didn't get hurt. The suspect didn't get hurt. No bystanders got hurt. And now, at that moment, we want the justice system to take over. So we need prosecution for these violent criminals, not a slap on the hand. And uh, that's what we're seeing. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, the uh, American communities are very concerned about the safety uh, for themselves and their children uh, because of the lack of support for law enforcement. 
Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to ask you one follow-up question on the qualified immunity because the critics of it say it stands in the way of, of more accountability in policing, that it gives too much protection from lawsuits um, to police. You know, is there a way to bridge the gap on that issue? Because it has been a key sticking point in Congress in terms of you know passing reform. Um, and does it stand in the way more broadly of reaching consensus on fighting crime? Uh, Qualified immunity is essential for law enforcement. You will have nobody go into the profession when at the mo- at a split second moment that they can lose their house, their lifetime savings, et cetera. They will not go into the, into the profession. Remember, for the listeners, qualified immunity, you have to qualify for that immunity. If you are following your uh, department policies and procedures and training, they must protect you from lawsuits. Now, if you if you go outside your department's policies, procedures, and training, you don't qualify for that immunity. It's 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 as simple as that. Um, so the, the the qualified immunity is necessary for law enforcement officers because you will not get you will not recruit and retain uh, police officers. And I know that for a fact because I, when the when the the Democrats were trying to take away qualified immunity under the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. We got calls in our office. What do we do? We're we're 15 years into our uh, our career. We got, you know, 12, 14 left. They're not going to stay. They've told me we are not going to stay in this profession if you take that away uh, because of the lawsuits, the the litigious society that we live in. Um, And uh, I would I would I would say to those people that that would say that qualified immunity is a barrier. I'd say you've never worn or most likely you've never worn the shoes of law enforcement. You've never had uh, a, a gun pointed at you. You've never been uh, shot in the head uh, like I have. You've never worn those shoes. So listen to the people that uh, are, have have been in the in in uniform. And again, community. I've talked about community policing, Lisa. Community policing is very simple. Um, there, there's all kinds of buzzwords, but community policing is where you really entrench yourself into the community and you build trust. And my definition of community policing, and this is what I'm pushing across the nation, community policing is you don't police your community, you police with your community. And we did that in the city of Duluth, Minnesota, when I was uh, uh, working as a police officer, we built great relations. In fact, I still have strong relations with members of the community that I served with. And it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of uh, transparency and mutual respect and trust. And right now across this great nation, there seems to be some elected officials and some people within their respective communities uh, that will not um, support law enforcement, will not listen to what they say, and you see, you're seeing chaos. Um, you saw just in Minneapolis on on Fourth of July a couple of days ago. They had uh, the police had to leave an area. They were they were shot at with um, all kinds of bottle rockets and all kinds of fireworks. They had to leave the area. That's unconscionable in the streets of the United States of America. Um, and so, uh, like I say, my time in uniform uh, may be over, Lisa, but my watch will never end 
for the men and women uh, that wear the blue and the brown that that are that defend uh, our communities uh, with their lives uh, at times. I know you have also served in local government as a city council member, also a county commissioner. How much of this can be solved locally instead of at the federal level? And I know you're talking talking about community policing, but is this an issue where more federal rules are better for consistency and enforcement purposes around the country? The, the fact of the matter is Duluth, Minnesota is much different than Duluth, Georgia, for example. So you have to have the flexibility within your local communities uh, to allow your the local law enforcement officers uh, and the city councils and the sh- elected sheriffs to, to police their community um, the best that they know how, not the heavy hand of government, the federal government always coming down on them. Because again, New York City is much different than Duluth, Minnesota or Eveleth, Minnesota. And so um, I think that uh, the, the autonomy of our local police departments, they know their communities the best. And uh, I, having been a city councilor, uh, even though I, um, I was a city councilor, county commissioner, I always respected our local chief of police and our sheriff. Uh, the sheriff has the boots on the ground, can understand um, and, and, and um, you know, respects their, uh, their deputies who are out on patrol and, and get feedback from the community. Um, uh, being successful in law enforcement, you want to look at what we call the gold standard. And the gold standard in law enforcement, Lisa, is voluntary compliance. When you can have that uh, in almost any call that you go on, you become a you become a successful department. Right now, that's not happening across the nation. We're having people resisting cops, running from cops, uh, um, uh, not stopping uh, when a cop gives them a lawful order. Uh, it, and and we we have to teach in society, Lisa. We have to teach our children that you have to respect the cops. And and everything, most everything now is on camera. So comply now, comply now. We can challenge it later. Like I had, I we used one of the first departments, Lisa, in Minnesota was Duluth. We had body cams. Um, at first, they were hesitant. Now, our officers won't go out on the street without a working body cam. Absolutely not. You know, body cams are are good for um, training, um, uh, identification, um, and a number of things. And and so I think you're seeing the, I think you're seeing uh, law enforcement today probably at its lowest point ever. You can talk to sheriffs and uh, chiefs of police around the nation. I don't think anybody would disagree with that statement, but we have a lot of work to do. Um, and as a member of Congress, I can tell you, Lisa, that that I'm doing everything I possibly can uh, to lift up that profession and, 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 and get that uh, profession to where it needs to be. How much of this is funding? Is the country not spending enough on law enforcement or did the defund mo- movement inadvertently, you know, send that in the other direction? Well, look at look at this uh, city of Minneapolis, for example. Uh, they had they had uh, not only a city council, uh, but uh, a member, an elected member of uh, of the uh, uh, House of Representatives, that pushed for defunding the police. The crime is through the roof in Minneapolis. There are over three hundred officers down. 
you look at other departments, uh, uh, local departments here, the, the former department that I worked with, they're 36 officers down. I just talked to a, a sheriff in Minnesota who said for every one opening they have, they have 1.3 applicants. They used to have 11 or 12, 13, 14 at least. Uh, and they're not going to they're not going to lower their standards in law enforcement. Um, so we have we have uh, we have opportunities here, and uh, and uh, we're going through some tough times. Uh, but you look at you look at the crime, rising crime, the lack of prosecution, um, and uh, and uh, this defund, disparage, defund the police movement. It has had devastating consequences, unfortunately. Congress did pass the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. Um, the president followed that up with an executive order. They focus mainly on gun violence, but there are some mental health components folded in, um, which is something that overlaps with another issue that's been growing around the country, which is homelessness. Is this where more of the focus should be to help reduce crime in general, mental health and homelessness, those two issues? I think that uh, uh, speaking um, to the mental health issue, it's extremely important, number one that we stop stigmatizing and putting a negative connotation towards mental health. We know that one in four adults will experience a mental health crisis in their life. We can get through it. Um, and there's experts to help all of us get through it. Uh, mental health uh, is, a, is a, a big concern uh, for law enforcement, especially and oftentimes um, the, the the people that are experiencing a mental health crisis, they don't get the necessary help or treatment they need. And the cops are at their, either at their residence or that individual is, is causing crimes out on the street. And it's an, it's an enormous amount of time and money spent on the individual. So if we can get them the help sooner uh, rather than later, it's going to it's going to benefit everyone because the the goal is to get that individual back being a productive uh, member of society, and oftentimes um, uh, an arrest putting them that person in jail uh, that's not necessarily the answer. Uh, we have to get them the help they need, and I've seen, I have personally seen examples where we got individual the 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 help they needed and they they turned their life around and um you know followed the, their doctor's orders and they become productive members of society so that, that yes lisa that that is part of it but the other part also is we as citizens we we have to look at uh we have to be better to each other and we have to uh, uh, look at listening to law enforcement when they give us that lawful order. Again, comply now and challenge later because it's all on. It's all on. Most of it's on video, and uh, and and I will just say this, and, and I've said this on every single, every single uh, show that I've been on uh, when we've talked about law enforcement. As a former law enforcement officer, um, I can tell you, nobody dislikes a bad cop more than a good cop. And there, that goes to the hiring practice. We have to have in the hiring portion uh, of the process, you have to have the psychological uh, evaluation. You have to make sure that officer fits into your culture. Uh, you you just have to make sure of that because in my in my view, when you hire a police officer, you can't get it wrong. You have to hire the best and the brightest for your. 
um, you know, for your community. And I think that uh, it takes a lot of work on the front end, but it's so worth it. Um, and I would encourage, I encourage every one of your listeners who who wants to get into law enforcement, even if it's going to be their second career, we need good men and women who want to serve their communities. And uh, you just may, you may not think you have it in you, uh, but some of the best officers are the officers that have other life experience. One last thing. Are you optimistic about America getting past its divisions to address these problems? Absolutely. I've always said legislation is the art of the possible. And, and, and Elisa, this nation's best days are yet ahead of us. I believe that with every fiber in my body. And I also believe that the American law enforcement officer will get back to be able to earn that respect, trust uh, in our communities. Um, and I hope it's sooner than later uh, because there's a whole group of uh, community members, there's a whole bunch of departments across this nation that are just looking to hire good, solid human beings that will serve their communities with honor, dignity, and trust. And when that happens, you will see a change in this country, a dramatic change uh, in a short period of time. Uh, but uh, until we until we get the elected officials to ensure uh, that they support the police and and uh, give them the tools, the training, the technology, and the resources they need to succeed on every call they go on, um, uh, until we do that, it's going to be difficult. And, and again, I'm leading the charge uh, in our nation's capital uh, on the House side, the Republican House side, to ensure. Uh, that uh, the American law enforcement, uh, their best days are yet uh, ahead of them as well. Minnesota Republican Congressman Pete Stauber, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Lisa. And thank you for your service. You're welcome. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.